Hey, friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I am your host, Annie F. Downs. I'm really happy to be here with you today. Hope all of you dads and father figures out there had an awesome Father's Day. We've got a great show in store for you today. But before we dive into today's conversation, I want to take a moment and share about one of our incredible partners, Epic Will. Okay, today's guest, David Thomas, is one of these people. And I feel like this is true of so many of our guests. They are so generous about how they pour their lives into the lives of other people and how they're building their legacy. They are the actual best, right? It inspires me to be intentional about my legacy, too. It's why partnering with Epic Will matters so much to me. Epic Will is the easiest and most affordable way I know of to create an estate plan. The experts at Epic Will have developed an efficient and user-friendly platform that helps you think through things like who you want to be your financial power of attorney and who you would trust to take care of your kids if something were to happen to you. In a few simple steps, it also helps you designate who your belongings go to and create your advance directive so your loved ones aren't left making big healthcare decisions on your behalf without knowing your wishes. Basically, EpicWill.com empowers and guides you or you and your spouse through each step of making these important decisions. And isn't it nice to have a guide when we're navigating stuff that feels intimidating? And I love this, but the team at EpicWill is dedicated to caring for single moms and orphans. In fact, they provide a free will for single moms who have kids under the age of 18. And they are donating 10% of their proceeds to organizations helping orphans find a home. That's the mission you're helping support when you use Epic Will to create your will. Build your self-guided early estate plan at epicwill.com quickly and affordably. Go to epicwill.com and use the promo code TSF20 for 20% off. Again, that's epicwill.com and use the promo code TSF20 for 20% off. Today on the show, I get to talk with my friend, one of my favorite humans, David Thomas. You may remember him from episode 363 when he was here along with Sissy Goff. They co-host the wildly successful podcast, Raising Boys and Girls. And if you haven't heard it, that would be an awesome episode to go back and listen to. But David Thomas is the director of family counseling at Daystar Counseling here in Nashville, Tennessee, and the co-author of 10 books, you guys, 10 books, including the best-selling Wild Things, the Art of Nurturing Boys, and Are My Kids on Track. His new book is called Raising Emotionally Strong Boys, Tools Your Son Can Build on for Life. And y'all, it is such an important message. I read this book and it is changing how I am in relationship with my mini BFFs. I mean, it is amazing. I cannot wait for all of you who have any type of influence on the next generation to hear his wisdom about the boys in our lives. So I will give you a little warning for our mini BFFs. If any of them are out there listening with us, this conversation does have some real grown-up topics like suicide and rape. And so if those are sensitive subjects in your story, please just take a little extra care here and a little extra care of the little ears in our lives. It's really important to talk about, but I also want you to care for yourself and your people. So here is my conversation with David Thomas. Well, can I tell you what happened? Yes. So they announced at the top of the episode that I was the only guest who'd been on for four times. Yeah. And somewhere in the conversation, Dave named me the mayor of Dadville. <laughs> and I got very attached to that name. And at the, the end of the episode, I said, Dadville. I would like to have some apparel with yeah. that on there. Like I, yeah. a robe, a blazer, a shirt, something. Yes. And so I haven't, it hasn't shown up in the mail yet, I'm but I'm, I'm hanging on to mayor it. I got really Dadville. attached to that. Yeah. So sweet. So I said, Dave, you may regret that you threw that out there, but I'm very attached to it. <laughs> 
right. Oh, I we will get you a mayor of Dadville. Sure. What a what a perfect person to be the mayor of Dadville because really, David, I mean you in our town and online and across I'll say across the world easily, you're one of the experts in, in helping boys become men. Why did that become a thing for you? You were kind to say that. Well, I mean it. Well, I would say Annie, I think I have probably, when I look back on the the chapters of my own story, I think I probably have always known yeah. that I was going to do this work. I pushed against it yeah. for a while, but I think I've always known. And, and I have vivid memories of conversations with friends from yeah. elementary school all the way through college where, you know, I think what would have felt overwhelming to other people, other guys in particular yeah. in those conversations didn't to me. And yeah. I just was moving toward people more than away from them. Yeah. and. Worked as a camp counselor when I was in college and just always got called in for the kids who are a little bit homesick and teary at bedtime. And just so I, th- I think I just have always probably been moving toward this work. Yeah. Um, and, and I will say, too, I, I have a rare story in that I have a really amazing dad mm-hmm. who I still have today. I lost my mom a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't take for granted that it's a, a gift to have a dad who is still as invested in me at at this point in my life as ever. And I know how rare that is. And so I feel like because I had the opportunity to sit front row to a man who had feelings and would talk about his experience. Absolutely. Yeah. That that was unique. And so it was familiar to me. And, you know, I laugh with my dad now, too. My, My parents were so ahead of their time in so many different ways. Yeah. And I can vividly remember being in elementary school and my dad like loading the dishwasher, vacuuming the floor, all those things. And my mom saying clearly out loud, like in this family, men do all the things. Yeah. They don't just mow the yard. Like yeah. they wash the dishes, they do the laundry, they do all these things. So they had this beautiful partnership that yeah. I just don't think a lot of kids get to watch their parents have and, yes. and serving and giving. And so just a lot of opportunities that that I thought I just want to pour into kids and boys in particular. Yeah. So yesterday was Father's Day when people are hearing this. And so will you talk for just a minute? I'm thinking about our groups of friends who did not enjoy yesterday. Either yes. they just lost their dad or they're raising kids without a father figure yes. or their dad was not a healthy dad. And so Father's Day ends up being a different kind of painful than Mother's Day. What do we do the day after a hard day like that? Yeah, I think we acknowledge that it is hard. We don't mm-hmm. try to pretend that it isn't. And I love that you would even draw attention to that. So we could just camp out in that space and just acknowledge that's a hard day every year for a lot of people. Yeah. And I have sure sat with a lot of boys over yeah. the course of my work and, and that's their story. And mm-hmm. so I think it just starts with that acknowledgement and creating some space to talk about what that's like. Mm-hmm. And also to talk some about all the men, I talk about that in this book, yeah. who have fathered me in addition to my dad. And yes. there have been many yes. and still are. And so thinking about those men, reaching out to those men. And I would also want to say, as you and I talk around this, that, you know, I've been doing this work long enough that I've had the opportunity to see kids that I counseled when they were kids or teenagers who are now parents themselves, oh, who come back in for parent consultations, many of whom did not have any kind of relationship with their dad uh, or had a really harmful relationship with him who have turned out to be some of the most amazing dads. Yeah. I know. Like it is beautiful to watch that journey and to think I know so much about your story and to yeah. watch you live 
this redemptive story now in the yes. lives of your own children. Yes. It's extraordinary. So some of the greatest men I know were raised yeah. by single moms. And I want any single mom listening to hear that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it is possible Absolutely to raise a healthy is. child when there is not a traditional mother and father in the home. Absolutely. It is possible. All things are possible with God, right? Absolutely. I mean, I'm getting to watch a version of that with my Vanderbilt baseball guys that I've known for a decade. They're becoming husbands and fathers. And I wasn't their counselor, but I was an up-close voice in a lot of their lives. And watching them be good husbands when they were baseball players a decade ago, right? They were just college dudes who packed up and moved in trash bags. Now they're, you know, watching them be, and and my first one is having a baby this summer. It is just, it's one of the gifts of being older, isn't it? It is. It is (laughs) that we get to see all of that, sit front row to that. It's a gift. Yeah. So all of our friends that are 20, start investing because in a decade or two decades, you get to watch the people you poured into yes. being human, like grown-up humans, and they're good at it. Yes. It's amazing. I love in the book, Raising Emotionally Strong Boys. I read it today. I love it. But you know Another how I kind. feel about young men. I just adore them. Adults can be preventionists. So will you talk about that? Because I felt so welcomed as I was reading your book, because you talk so much about the adults that aren't the mom and dad. Yes. Absolutely. You know, I open the book with that Frederick Douglass quote that I love so much that, you know, it's it's easier to build strong kids than to repair broken men. Mm. And and I think about the role that we all get to play in yeah. the lives of building strong kids. Yeah. And I, it's one of the many reasons I love sitting with you because you are so passionate about building strong kids with me. And, yeah. and to think about all the different ways that we are doing that, in my experience, in really intentional ways with the girls in our lives, but maybe not as much in some of the same ways with boys. Yeah. And so I'm excited to push that conversation mm-hmm. farther. And, and you know, I, I think it starts with talking about the unique ways that we even engage boys. Like yeah. our dear friend Sissy Goff opens <laughs> the book with a foreword and says, boys are bewildering creatures. And I think <laughs> That is the right way to start any conversation. They are. And so the way we talk with them, the way we encourage them, coach them, engage them, you know, it's just different. So I I camp out in that space for part of this book, just talking about their unique hardwiring and then how to, you know, have conversations, how to have relationship with them in ways that we have an opportunity, I think, to change the current stats Mm -hmm. that are sadly really scary and daunting when it comes to boys. you talk about that for a second, especially yeah. the suicide rate of men. Yes. I had no idea until I read the book. I know. It was it was difficult for me to read that. It was difficult for me to write that. Like, yeah. I remember just staring at that sentence. And, and I'll start by saying that, you know, there are all kinds of stats where things we know. Men have more difficulty reaching out for help when they need it. Men have more difficulty mm-hmm. articulating significant life events, you know attending to our physical and emotional health. You know, I I read a fascinating stat about the number of women who go every year for their well visit versus the number of men who don't. And so if we think about all these different areas where men just are not in the practice, the habits of attending to their health, their spiritual health, their emotional health, their physical health. It's a little rub, a little dirt in it and move on. Absolutely. Absolutely. That leads to these scary stats where, you know, men lead the stats for infidelity, internet pornography, substance abuse, suicide, the stat that you and I are discussing is that one man globally commits suicide every minute of every day. That is that is literally 
hair raising on your arm. Yes, shocking. it is. That's yes, it is. Absolutely. And it's a lot of them are 50, 60. They are grandfathers. These are not just, though it is children and young men, but it is older men too. That does not make any sense to me, David. No. I've lost count with the number of kids I've worked with who lost their father to suicide. Like it's happened so much, so commonly in our city. And that, you know, stat reflects what's happening all over the world in ways that, you know, it's multiple layers of grief. It's not yeah. just loss. Like yeah. there's so many extra layers that accompany. There's guilt and what did I not do and all these different things that sure. that can accompany losing someone in that way that it is just a devastating loss that, again, I just want to do everything I know to do to get in front of those statistics and, and look at what we could be doing differently with boys on the front yes. side of development as they grow into those 50-year-old men we're talking yes. about. One of my favorite things you write in the book is you really dial in why dudes love Dude Perfect. I Please, because me too. Part one, me too. I me think three. those guys are geniuses. Aren't they? They're just having the best time. What is it about Dude Perfect that every, I mean, every kid I know that's a boy can talk about Dude Perfect? Totally. It's wild. I know. I'm so thankful for those guys and, oh, and just right? what they're doing in this world. And you know, I love that they have uniquely captured the attention, as you were saying, of so many boys. And, and non-faith kids and absolutely. families, which is coolest. I absolutely. love Absolutely. And I talk about in the book how few role models there are for boys. Yeah. Like, there just are not a ton of men in this world who have a really big platform that I feel super excited about having yeah. a lot of boys' attention. And yeah. I do with them. So yeah. I'm so supportive of what they're doing. And you know, I love talking with boys about, you know, they are all about trick shots and yeah. all these awesome things like what would it look like to build some trick shots for yourself you know yeah. like how could we take so much so much of what i do in the book and the workbook is just how could we take these ideas and build on them mm -hmm. the things that boys are already loving and so you know i talk a lot about how i grew up with my grandfather was a builder mm -hmm. i worked for him one summer and you know, i talk about how Every man who worked on the job always had a toolbox with him. You'd never show up to work as a builder without tools. You know, you need those things. My other grandfather was a fisherman. He would never go out on the water without a mm -hmm. tackle box. And so how could we be building these toolboxes, these tackle boxes to have these skills, these trick shots so that we've got these things at our disposable at our disposal for when we come up against the complicated moments in life, which yeah. every boy will. Yes, yes. How young do we start building that toolbox for our boys? Right out of the gate, in my really? opinion. Absolutely. I, I talk about using a feelings chart with boys who can't even talk yet and that we can wow. be pointing to the picture, the expression, and referencing that, yeah. that we're building this emotional vocabulary with boys from the earliest moments. And what I would say to that is, you know, what pediatricians would tell us is that at well visits with kids at 12, 18, 24 months, they're always asking parents, like, how many words is he or she yes. saying? What we know is true is that girls are saying twice as many words as boys on the front side. Believe it. And so you think if their general vocabulary is smaller, of course their emotional vocabulary would likely be too. So yeah. we're going to have to work harder yeah. with him to build us an expansive emotional, emotional vocabulary. So it's going to start on the front side. Yeah. And then I think building from there, I just want boys to get to sit front row. Again, in the way I think we're super intentional with girls in doing this, to talk about feelings. Mm -hmm. I, I talk about how I think emotions over time have become gendered. And I think we commonly 
ask girls questions about how do you feel. Yes. And we ask boys questions about what do you think. Yes. And we need to be asking more girls, what do you think? And you more boys, what do you feel? As an Enneagram 7, what do you feel doesn't do nothing for me because mm-hmm. I can't tell you. I can't, But if you ask me what I think, we can be here for an hour. Sure. My counselor does it to me all the time where she'll be like, I want you to look at the feelings chart and tell me what you think. I'm like, you sneaky woman. You know exactly. <laughs> I love that. So, yeah, you're right. I mean, for a long time as a female, I was unable to do my work because I didn't. I wasn't asking myself the right question. Mm-hmm. And so asking boys, what do you feel and what do you think, it Absolutely. opens it all up. Will you talk about, this is a dating tip I've been given 10 times. If you want to have a serious conversation with a guy, get in a car mm-hmm. and drive or go on a walk. Both be facing forward yes. and you're going to have more. And that's true when we're raising boys too, right? A hundred percent. Why is Thank that? Thank you what for is saying the deal? that. You know, eye to eye for us as males feels more threatening. And ah. so what science would tell us is that shame registers in the brain differently for us as males and that you and I could just be having an intimate conversation and I could start to experience shame just because the wow. eye to eye could feel scary and threatening for me. Wow. And so- Shoulder to shoulder feels safer. And I talk a lot about just talking around a task with boys. So, yes, Yes. riding in the car, walking the dog. Oh, yes. There is so (laughs) much wisdom to that. You know, straight to a man's stomach Uh is where we start. Always, Mm -hmm. always. And if we're thinking about all the things we would be doing naturally with boys and having conversations in, like building Legos, shooting hoops, jumping on a trampoline, like we're going to get access to more with him in those moments where we're in motion and side by side than if we're sitting down. In fact, I think boys even hearing parents or adults say things like, I need you to look me in the eyes, automatically can set them up to experience some fear in ways that they could shut down. And kind of do, you talk a lot about uh, tug of war between parents and kids and hostage situations. Yeah. Of where the the boy is like, that one story where the kid was standing outside his mom's room saying, what kind of mother doesn't listen, listen to her, to her own son. son. Yes. <laughs> I was like, man, kids are the worst. <laughs> yes. I was too. I was too. I could be an emotional hostage too. So if we're going to be side by side with them and we're going to not let shame step into our parenting and I'm going to use parenting even for what I do with my mini BFFs because I'm not their parent, but I'm a parenting voice. Yes, you are. So when we're, when we're parenting side by side with them, it does feel natural for me, David, to go, hey, Sam, look at me. I want you to look at me when I'm telling you this because I'm scared. Oh, it's because I'm scared. I'm scared they're not listening, and I'm scared they're going to miss something. So I want them to look at me because of me, not because of them. Uh-oh. <laughs> and it is, it is important to know that boys are listening and absorbing in moments when we just don't think they are. And, and certainly hear me say there are plenty of boys who are zoned out, but it fascinates me all the things that boys have reported to me or parents have reported that boys absorbed in moments where it looked like they were paying no attention. And, you know, I have, and you have this story um, in my own journey of parenting. I think my son was five years old at the time and I was standing in the doorway of our kitchen. My wife was cooking and our kids were sitting at the table and my wife and I were having this conversation, and it got a little lively. Like, we weren't fighting, but yeah. our voices were elevated. And I was like, honey. And my sons were just eating. And as we continued to talk, one of my sons got up from the table, walked over to my wife, and gave her this big hug, like squeezed her real tight, wow. and then came back over and sat down at the table. And we both just stopped, just froze, like where, I, where we were. And uh-huh. it was like, oh, my goodness, he was taking all of that in. And yeah. I would have thought, you're not even paying attention yes. to what we're saying or doing. Yes. But 
they're emotional creatures. That's the other mistake I think we make with boys. We assume girls are emotional yes. creatures and they're not. There is zero science to support that boys have fewer emotions. Wow. Zero. It's yeah. just they tend to have a smaller emotional vocabulary and less skills in terms of how to navigate the emotion. But they feel it yeah. all. They yeah, just don't when, always when know I'm thinking about your it. book title, Raising Emotionally Strong Boys, we're raising emotional boys. We get to decide whether they're strong or weak. Absolutely. Based on how we raise Absolutely. them. Absolutely. Yeah. And part of, you know, the story you mentioned, and, and I realize that language is a little strong when I refer to boys as terrorists and creating hostage <laughs> crisis, but I think it's an example of if we don't equip them yes. to be emotionally strong, yes. they'll fall back on these emotionally lazy responses. Yeah. And and in that story, it's just a boy using his power for harm, not yeah. for good. It's like, yeah. I don't know what to do with all these emotions, so I'm going to hold yeah. you hostage because yeah. I can't work with this storm going on inside yeah. of me. Hey, friends, just interrupting this conversation real quick to share about one of our amazing partners, Awana's Talk About Resource. Okay, what do the mini BFFs in your life have on their TSF Best Summer Ever list? Heading to the pool, camp, grandma and grandpa's house. No matter where the adventure takes y'all, talk about the new family discipleship subscription from Awana was designed to go with you. With Talk About, time in God's word with your family is simple, fun, engaging, and always gospel-centered. It's the ever- everyday moments of life that can become moments that make an eternal difference. These are the moments Talk About was created for. So for just $5.99 per month, you'll receive an email each week containing your Talk About bundle, and here is what all it includes. <laughs> Guided conversations through selected scripture passages that allow families to engage in the Bible and answer big questions with the truth of God's Word. Fun, hands-on activities that take the guesswork out of child discipleship as kids color and create and sing and share. They'll remember what they've learned throughout the week, and helpful references and videos and insights that provide parents and caregivers with deeper levels of biblical knowledge to help deepen your family's understanding of God's Word each week. Bring the gospel home and help your kids form lasting faith one conversation at a time with Talk About. Try one month of Talk About for free with the special promo code TSF. Like that sounds fun. Start today at talkaboutdiscipleship.com. And I got one more amazing partner to tell you about Shopify. You know what that sounds means. That sound means a sale just went through on Shopify, the all in one e commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Do you know that every 28 seconds, an entrepreneur like you makes their first sale on Shopify? That is so fun. Every 28 seconds. Shopify gives all of us business owners and entrepreneurs the resources that used to only be available for big businesses. So upstarts and startups and established businesses alike can sell everywhere, synchronize online and in-person sales, and stay up to date on all of the numbers. We love coming up with new ways to serve y'all and produce great content and products that you'll love. And with Shopify, there are just so many amazing possibilities when it comes to scaling your business and ways that they make it easier for any business to succeed. We've been using Shopify to power shopantiefdowns.com for over three years now as our e-commerce selling platform and we love it, y'all. We love it. That's who makes it so easy to get your little Annie doll or your autographed book from our shop. 
They've got tools that help with everything from tracking our inventory and sales to adding apps and customizable templates to our store for the best possible customer experience. You can integrate with all kinds of apps and reach customers online and across social networks, including Facebook and Instagram and TikTok, Pinterest, and more. They give detailed reports of conversion rates, profit margins, and all of the really important data you need to keep making the best decisions for your business. It's more than a store. Shopify can grow with your business, so there's pretty much no limit to the possibilities powered by Shopify. So go to shopify.com slash sounds fun, all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. So go to shopify.com slash sounds fun right now. Again, that's shopify.com slash sounds fun. And remember that the links to all of our sponsors are in the show notes below, but we'll also email them to you on Friday if you've signed up for the AFD Week in Review email. That link is in the show notes too. And now back to our conversation with David Thomas. So I'm thinking about our friends listening who have a 12-year-old and they're like, yeah, I wish I'd have known about this when he was four, but he's 12. How do we start an emotionally strong journey with our son who is not a baby, who's a kid or a preteen or a teenager? Well, I want you to hear me first say it is never too late. Yeah. It is never too late. I want any parent listening, any person who is a teacher, a coach, an aunt, an uncle, a grandparent that it's not. In fact, <laughs> I laugh with a mom who I asked to review the workbook. I had all these little boys who endorsed the workbook, yeah. which I absolutely loved. <laughs> so and this mom's like, David, we're practicing so many of the things in the workbook. She goes, and I'm using it on my husband all the time. <laughs> There's this other man in my house. Absolutely. I said, good for you. The The workbook on the front says 6 to 12 years old, but yeah. if it works for 42-year-olds, I'm great with that. Listen, if you think I'm not taking some of the things I've learned in this into my dating life, David Thomas, <laughs> I learned some things when I read your book. Absolutely. So if you've got a 12-year-old, like that's that's a great starting point if yeah. you're feeling like I haven't done some of these things and, yeah. and building from that point forward. But hearing me say clearly, it's never too late. And the other thing I would want to say is, you know, I think it's so helpful when boys hear us as grown-ups saying things like, I'm learning that too. Yeah. I'm yeah. figuring that out too. That's hard for me too. You know, yeah. I have so many dads I'm working with right now who are saying that on the regular with their sons. And I think, what a gift that boys get to grow right. up hearing adult men say it. Like, yes. I'm still struggling with that. Yes. I'm still working on that. You're outpacing me in that right there, buddy. I'm trying yeah. to figure out how, what to do with my anger a little yeah. better too. So yeah. I want boys to hear that from all the grown-ups around right. them. One of my favorite quotes from the book is, boys need to see that emotions reside in the life of a man. Yes. So why does that matter when we're looking at our coaches or our teachers or our dads that that the boys see that emotions are, because they see it probably, like I'm thinking of the Barnes kids. There's two sons and a daughter in that family. They see me emotional. I mean, I was emotional this week at their house. So those boys are used to a grown female being emotional yes. in front of them or expressing emotion in front yes. of them. Why does it matter that they see men do the same? And it doesn't have to look like crying, does it? No, it doesn't. But it has to look like talking about it, like yeah. naming my experience. And I think that is so often all boys see is the women around them feeling feelings, naming feelings, yeah. navigating feelings. Yeah. And, they're, and then they start to think two things. One, I think they think, What's wrong with me that I have these big feelings inside of me and I don't see that on the adult men around me? And then secondly, I have absolutely no idea what to do because I don't hear enough grown men around me talking about what it looks like. So, you know, I would challenge any man listening that I think it's a gift 
for boys not only to hear us talk about our experience and what we're finding works for us, but, you know, I, I challenge dads all the time. If you're in counseling, talk about that openly with your son. Wow. I want boys to hear. I don't think they can hear enough adult men talking about reaching out for help. Yeah. Talk about the friends you spend time with that mm-hmm. challenge you and encourage mm-hmm. you. Talk about the pastor you learn from. Talk about all these different individuals who are helping you become more of who God designed you to be yeah. as a man. Yeah. And that that's not something that stops at your 18th birthday right. or your 25th birthday. Like, right. I'm still learning. I'm still talking about that with my kids who are in college right now. Like, hey, I went on a walk with our pastor, and I want to tell you something he taught me this yeah. week, or he said to me that really made me wrestle and think. Yes. When you're talking about that, and you write about this beautifully in the book, but for single moms or grandparents who are raising children alone, how do we find men to speak into and to walk alongside us? I mean, a couple, we share friends who, people who've adopted unmarried yes, and, and are raising alone. How do we find men to help us? And is that necessary? I think it is necessary because... I want boys to get to see that full experience of like, here's what it looks like on men and women. Yeah. And I would say two things. One, I think you pray it into your son's life wow. and, and believe that God will provide that because yes. it is needed. Yes. And I think you get really creative. Mm. In fact, some stories that I shared yeah, in the book that I absolutely love were of a group of moms, single moms, who did not have involved dads in their son's lives. And they reached out to a campus minister at one of our colleges in town and said, could you just tell us some really great college guys that we could interview and have conversation with? Mm -hmm. Because our guests would be, they need to make some money and we need some influence. (laughs) Yeah. And they hired a college kid who led a Bible study with their sons for a period of time. And everybody won in that equation. Like this kid got to be with amazing kids and feel a sense of purpose and made a little extra cash, which college kids need. And their son's got to be with this cool older college guy who they could sit front row and watch. Okay, here's what it looks like. Here's what it looks like to have feelings. Here's what it looks like to pursue Christ when you're a 21-year-old guy. Like all these things that I just want boys to get to see. And I've heard so many unbelievable stories of amazing intentional moms who have provided or ushered in that kind of experience, yeah. who've you know found a, a neat high school kid who did book club or mm-hmm. with their sons, or who became a tutor. That's the thing I love too. You know, I, I think boys who are struggling with school, when they, you know, find a cool high school guy who needs to make a little extra cash, yeah. who it becomes more than just I'm helping you out with your academics, but I'm yes. kind of mentoring you and yes. talking about life. I have a 16 year old kid right now who has a guitar teacher and his mom said to me, you know, David, I will walk by the room when they're, you know, in the middle of the lesson at times. And I've noticed that it's becoming about 15 to 20 minutes of music and about 40 minutes of life. Wow. And she said, and I'm here forever. Absolutely. (laughs) She said, for as long as he is offering this, I'm in. And I'm like, that's incredible. So all these different males that I think could be a part of boys' lives in different Mm -hmm. ways, teachers, coaches. When my sons were in high school, I used to drive around town with an envelope in my glove compartment of Chipotle gift cards. Mm And I would regularly hand them out to these amazing teachers and coaches wow. and youth pastors and D group leaders who were in my son's lives, you know, and just say at times like, thank you. Yeah. Thank you because your voice is so loud in their ear right now. Yeah. And I couldn't be more grateful for your investment in who they are. Go have a burrito on me. Yeah. You know, I just would literally go to Chipotle Brilliant. periodically and 
can I have $100 worth of $10 yeah. Chipotle cards yeah. that I just keep passing out because yes. I'm so grateful for these different voices? So what? this is a hard question. I'm sorry to do it to you. Ask it. So what happens when a coach or a dad or – and you said at the beginning that men have a higher rate of infidelity, of suicide. What happens when a coach or a dad or a pastor has a public – disgrace. Yes. Or maybe it ain't even public. It's public in your town. It may not yes. be public on the internet, but it can be public in your town. What do we do when the men investing in our children go off the rails? Yes. It's an important question. I'm glad you ask. And and it's going to happen. And I think there is a way that we can talk about those circumstances without making that man the villain in the mm-hmm. story, mm-hmm. but using that as opportunity to talk about the very thing we're discussing. Like, this is what it looks like when men don't ask for help. This is what it looks like when men don't talk about their experience in life and hold those feelings, fears, all those things hostage. And it grows in us. It becomes cancerous inside of us. And it can lead to destruction emotionally, relationally, spiritually on so many levels. And so I think we do use it as opportunity. You know, we use the Stories in media that are in front of our boys as opportunity too. Where again, I don't, I don't need to. T- I don't need to turn that into. I'm going to bash this person, or I'm going to turn them into the villain in the story. But I'm going to use that as opportunity. This is what it look. This is what it could look like for any one of us when we don't reach out yeah. for help. I call it learning from the cheap seats. Yes, I'm like, let me learn. I'm sometimes I'm getting to learn on the field, and it hurts. And I'm in the game, and I'm not interested. And other times, I'm like. I could learn from the sheep seats. Yes. I'll just sit up here and watch and pull a news story or even a fictionalized book and say, man, yes. that could happen here. If that happened here, Absolutely. what would we do? Absolutely. Right? Use it as opportunity yes. to develop critical thinking. I mean, there's just a lot of opportunity that could come from those kind of conversations with boys that, again, let's have side by side, yes. not eye to eye. You do. It. I love that in the book that you list out movies that are great conversation starters because boys love movies yeah like i talk so much about that in the book like let's use the stuff that they already love like let's use the stories that are out there in front of us at this point and so i just would challenge any parent think about how you could have a little bit of conversation after sitting and watching a movie there's this great resource called common sense media that we recommend to parents all the time and they even have a section like they rate everything technology wise for kids so it's like Video games, movies, all the stuff. And in the movie section, they'll have they have a section of like, here's things you could talk about. Yeah. And I'll confess, this is my cheating that I would do with my own kids. You know, like I would take them to a movie and then right before we leave, I'd be like, hey, guys, I need to run the restroom real quick before we drive home. And I would pull up Common Sense Media <laughs> app and I would look at the three <laughs> questions and drive home. I'm sure my yeah. kids are like, my dad always had the most thoughtful questions <laughs> on the drive home the movie. <laughs> I'm just confessing it was all Common Sense Media. But just ways that we can use that content to build those skills yeah. in our kids. Yeah. Video games. A lot of what we're hearing about mass shootings, they trace them back to, especially when it's young men, yes. they say they were very into certain yes. video games. Are video games all bad? Are they all good? How do we figure out how to regulate them in our homes? It's, it seems to be something that more of my guy friends are interested in mm-hmm. than my girlfriends. Yes. So will you talk a minute about that? I will. And I'm never surprised to sit with parents and people who love kids who are talking about how fearful they feel about boys in particular being so drawn to that. And I think it is, you know, we as males are visual creatures. So 
images on a screen are going to capture our attention way quicker than words on a page. Yeah. And it's not that boys don't love to read, but it is to say, I think it's easy mm-hmm. to just sit with that. And we have a lot of spatial skills that make us strong in those places. I don't think they're all bad. Mm-hmm. I do think we want to have healthy limits in place at all times, though, mm-hmm. no question about it. And and what the research keeps telling us over and over is that, you know, it's these long stretches of boys being engaged with video games when they get into the scary space, yeah. as opposed to if they're playing for short windows of time and then going outside and running, riding yeah. their bikes. So you talk a lot about being outside. Yes. Yeah. So much about that. And so I think that's important to note. But I do want parents to really look at and use a tool like Common Sense Media, who's They've got a team of experts who's really evaluating video games to understand which ones are okay, which ones aren't. And so there's some great sports video games that boys love, and I have great conversations with them about. And then there are some that are dangerous. You know, I remember when my boys were growing up, I said to them, I'm open to talking about any video game that you hear about or are Mm -hmm. interested in. Mm -hmm. But there's one I'm never going to say yes to. It's Grand Theft Auto. Like it involves shooting policemen and raping women. So the answer is no. Like, no, there's nothing good that's going to come from that experience. And so I think there's some that we want to be off limits, but let's have conversation around the others. I'm terrible at video games, but I sit there when the Barnes kids are playing and I pretend like I'm someone in the stands when they show it's a soccer. They always play soccer. And so I'm always like, oh, there I am. There I am. And they get the giggles about it. And it's the only thing I can do to connect with them while they're playing video games (laughs) is find myself in the stands as a computer generated person. Yes. That's all I've got to offer. (laughs) You know, some of our friends, we, we, in the email on Friday is the AFD week in review and we got some questions back. Sometimes we have one or two. Sometimes we have two pages like we do for you. <laughs> so let's buzz through some of these if you I'd don't love mind. love to. Riley has a great question. Is seeking therapy a selfish endeavor on this side mm-hmm. of heaven? I don't think it's a selfish endeavor. I think it's a healthy endeavor. Mm-hmm. I really do. And I don't think it's the only healthy endeavor. Yeah. In fact, Sissy and I have laughed about the workbook I created to go with this book for boys and the workbook she created for elementary age girls, you know, we talk about we're really giving away three months of free counseling. <laughs> and so you don't have what to go, <laughs> but that could be a starting place. Yeah. That is more than anything just about building awareness and building yes. tools. Yes. If I were going to give the Cliff Notes version. Yeah. So I don't think it's selfish. I think it's healthy. But yeah. there are other paths to doing that as well. I think yeah. podcasts, this is one of the ways I learned so much. You know, podcasts are a great tool for learning and building awareness yes. and skills as well. So oh, man, so many of our friends listen endeavor. to Raising Boys and Girls, y'all's podcast, because they are. it is just such a deep resource for parents. Um, when is counseling right for the boys in our lives? I think that's obviously going to be different for every boy. Sure. But I would say, you know, if you're if you're listening right now and thinking, ooh, I'm I'm hearing Annie and David talk about some themes and and that feels concerning for me. Yeah. I think the workbook could be a good place to start to say, okay, let's start with some skill building there, build some emotional muscles. If it doesn't feel like enough, then yeah. it could be great next to do a consultation with your pediatrician or yeah. we do parent consultations with parents all over the globe by yeah. phone or through Zoom where we will just sit with parents and hear them talk about some unique concerns with their kids. And then yeah. we'll create a to-do list and say, okay, oh, wow. try these things. Yeah. Or I'm hearing you say enough that makes me think it's time. Let's go ahead and move forward with counseling yeah. at this point and find wow. a great resource for your son at that point. So it could just be putting another set of professional eyes on the yeah. situation to assess the yeah. needs. We had a multiple questions about grieving. And you and I talked about this before, and I got permission from my sister to tell this story. But my nephew, our family, as people are listening to this right now, our family um, is 
is grieving of a loss of a family member. And so I'm, I'm not on socials. I'm not anywhere when people are hearing this because we know we're in the middle of a great loss. And how do we talk? Like my little nephew is too. How do we talk to him about a person he knew that is not there anymore? Yeah. I'm so thankful that we could have this conversation because I think um, when we are navigating loss ourselves, it can feel overwhelming to think about carrying that with the kids that we love. Yeah. And um, Or thinking they're, they'll be fine. They're too little. Exactly. Not, I, I know. Even back to that story I shared, you yeah. know, about my son picking up on all that, and I didn't even think he was listening. Yeah. And so I would want to encourage any adult listening, let's err on the side of too much support instead of too little. Yeah. And kids will cue us because I think kids have this internal barometer that goes off inside of them that tells them when they have reached capacity on getting as much information as they can work with, which is different than it is for us as adults. Like Mm -hmm. we can stay in grief for longer. We can stay in hard conversations for longer, but kids can't. And I tend to say it's it's a little bit like swimming and that we as adults can stay underwater for longer and kids can't and they need to come up for air. And so if you're talking with a child you love about something that's hard and sometimes kids, boys especially, will just say things. I've countered thousands of boys who will just be like, can we done? Can we be done talking now? Or <laughs> I don't want to talk anymore yeah. or put their hands over their ears, which is wow. their way of saying that little barometer went off inside yeah. of me and I can't work with more. So let's take Sweet. a break. And I need to play, and yeah, then what we'll do you do? come you back. Play? Absolutely, you wow. go play. So I think it's good in conversations to remember that kids grieve in doses, okay. and they need to go up for air more often than we do. And they move in and out of grief from play to the hard conversations, actually in ways that we could learn from as adults. We you know, lose I was that. Say, everything you're describing is a little bit about <laughs> about as good as I can be with grief, no, too. Unfortunately, it's and it's a healthy way. It's like we don't necessarily always need to stay underwater mm-hmm. for that long. You know, we start to struggle after a while. I would lastly say when we talk with kids about death, we want to be very concrete, which doesn't feel instinctive for us. But, you know, kids pre-12 are in what we call concrete thinking in terms of their cognitive development. So the world's very black and white. So we want to avoid abstract terms. Like we say things like he passed away, and that's an abstract phrase. That doesn't make sense to yes. kids. Or I say to parents, don't if, if divorce is a part of your story, don't say we grew apart. Mm-hmm. Say we're getting a divorce. We're going to stop being married. And do you hear how that language it's feels so more much, abrasive, yes, but it's more it's concrete. concrete? It yeah, is. It feels so like with, concrete. With children, we say you know things like their heart stopped beating. Yeah. They stopped breathing at that point. You know when. Yeah. As people of faith, we can then move straight into at that moment when their hearts stopped beating, mm-hmm. they were in the presence of Jesus. Yeah. Can you believe that they could be here right now? And then as soon as their hearts stopped beating, yeah. Jesus was holding them, yes. you know, but the, painting those really concrete experiences for them yes. of what happened next. So yes. hold on to all of that when you talk with kids. There's also a, a great book that we recommend a lot at Daystar called When Dinosaurs Die. Okay. And it's book about a little series of dinosaurs. And explains in concrete language how death happens. Now, yeah. it's not a faith-based resource, so I always encourage parents, you know, you can fold in yeah. what you want to be the next part of that, but it does a beautiful job. It's even written like a cartoon almost with yeah. little pictures, and we get to talk about different yeah. scenarios. So you could use different parts of that with kids yeah. when you have those hard conversations. Hey, friends, just interrupting this one more time to tell you about another amazing partner, Athletic Greens. So if you haven't heard me share about Athletic Greens before, it's one thing we can do 
to be good friends to our health and to our bodies mixed in really cold water. One scoop of Athletic Greens will deliver 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens in forms that your body can absorb. Their special blend of ingredients supports your energy level, gut health, nervous system, immune system, and ability to focus all the things. You're investing in an all-in-one nutritional supplement that's lifestyle-friendly. So whether you eat keto, gluten-free, paleo, whatever, Athletic Greens has got you covered. For every purchase, they donate to organizations helping to get nutritious foods to kids in need, including No Kid Hungry here in the U.S. In 2020, Athletic Greens donated over 1.2 million meals to kids, y'all. That is amazing. It's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially as we've finished up flu and cold season. It's just one scoop and a cup of really cold water every day. That's it. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash sounds fun. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash sounds fun to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. And I got one last amazing partner to tell you about, Policy Genius. So I learned a thing. <laughs> Typical life insurance gets more expensive as you age. So it's smart to get a policy sooner rather than later. So here's how it works. Policy Genius is your one-stop shop to find the insurance you need at the right price. You just head to policygenius.com to get started. And in minutes, you can compare personalized quotes from top companies to find your lowest price. You could save 50% or more on life insurance by comparing quotes with Policy Genius. The licensed agents at Policy Genius are on hand through the entire process to help you understand your options and make decisions with confidence. The Policy Genius team works for you, not the insurance company, which is a big deal. Policy Genius doesn't add on extra fees. I like that. Policy Genius doesn't sell your info to third parties. I love that. And Policy Genius has thousands of five star reviews across Google and Trustpilot. Policy Genius has options that offer coverage in as little as a week and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Please and thank you. So head to policygenius.com to get your free life insurance quote and see how much you could save. And now back to finish up our conversation with David Thomas. Let me ask you this. This is from Kristen. Okay. What do you feel is the least talked about but still important characteristic of most boys that needs apparent attention? Ooh. You know, I would say, and really the, the main reason that I wrote this book is that I think, um, you know, boys having heart. Yeah. You know, boys having heart. Yeah. And, there's a story in the book about a young man who lost a man, an adult man who lost his dad to suicide when he was a teenager. Mm -hmm. And I was listening to an interview with him when he said, you know, my dad was physically strong, but he wasn't mentally strong. Wow. And that stayed with me, you know, and yeah. I think that's some of what it looks like to have heart that I'm that I'm strong in different ways. And my heart is strong in a way that I. I'm aware of what I feel, which allows me to be aware of what others feel, yeah. which allows me to be different in the world. Yes. And so that progression is a characteristic that I think we just don't attend to enough yeah. with boys. And, you know, we we tend to be wisely so, so focused on their academic life, their athletic life, their spiritual life, these different aspects. Mm -hmm. But it's one of the more neglected threads of his development, which yeah. is why I wanted 
so badly to write this book. Yes. Oh, I can't. I'm glad we intentionally released the show when the book is available so that we aren't have no one's having to wait. They can get it right Thank now because it is out this month or actually last week. Do we pray differently for boys than we do for girls? It's a great question. You know, the only thing we laugh about this, the only thing I might say is that we might pray for a little shorter with boys. You okay. know, their attention span is shorter yeah. and we need to yeah. acknowledge that. Like yes. there are all these different parts of how God designed him that we do want to be thinking about yeah. all the different ways that we interact with him, including that. Yes. And, you know, I have parents in my office sometimes who will say to me, like, I don't like it when he's holding a fidget object in his hands while we're talking because it makes me think he's not paying attention. Or I've had parents say that when their kids pray and I yeah. challenge them to say, you know what? Be open to the possibility that that might actually help settle him a little. Wow. That might actually help bring his focus to the yeah. equation. Yeah. I'm sitting with a former educator who knows this. You know, one of the strategies we use in a classroom setting with boys with attention hurdles is to let them squeeze a stress ball in their non-dominant hand, which yes. is drawing his attention to the place where he wants it, as yes. opposed to his attention is darting all around. So. Yeah. I would I would challenge you to think about timing and that he may need something that may be a part of. He needs to hold a stuffed animal. He needs to yes. squeeze a stress ball. Yes. He needs to have something with him that allows him to engage the experience differently. Something you and I have talked about before, I, I did part of my master's degree on boys in education and teaching boys. And I, it has just helped me so much in all my relationships with young men to remember that the systems we operate in, even how we get in line at the grocery store, how school is built was not meant for men. It was meant yes. for women. Yes. It was industrial revolution. Get on the factory line. Don't be individual. Don't be creative. And it is easier for women than it is for men. Absolutely. And so letting them, letting little boys be outside the lines a little bit has them inside the lines for them. Absolutely. I know adult men who would say, their richest moments of connecting with God and conversation and prayer happen walking outdoors. Yeah. You know, that that's yeah. where it happens, not sitting still in a chair. And that's yes. not to say it can't happen in that way, but it's to say, let's just be open to all those things. Yeah. When we think about the future, <laughs> I mean, you are spending your life thinking about the future because you're trying to make healthy boys into healthy men. What is your hope about who this generation of young men could become? What do you... What do you see when you look in 10 years or 20 years? You know, I would say I feel really hopeful yeah. in a lot of ways. There's certainly things that make me feel fearful. Yeah. Now, let's start there and I'll move toward hope. It does concern me that I've seen more boys in the past decade who are less interested in getting their driver's license and asking a girl to a dance and getting a part-time job. Whereas when I was growing up, like I didn't know a single boy who wasn't chomping at the bit yeah. to drive a car and excited, nervous, but excited yeah. about asking a girl and wanting to make money. And I worry that there are more boys who don't feel a sense of purpose and don't have opportunities for healthy risk in wow. ways that they're not moving into those spaces. Wow. And then I think if we were to add to it, the conversation we just had about Video games, you know, yeah. it's just like easier to kind of stay, stay in the out. basement playing games yeah. than out doing those things. And certainly the pandemic lessened the opportunities that were there in yeah. those spaces, which furthered some of that. So I want us to pay attention to that and moving those boys out there. I have a whole section of the book called, you know, the strength of purpose. And yeah. I think it's part of how we're hardwired as, mm -hmm. as males that we crave and hunger for that. I will say, you know, I don't know another time in history that we've been talking about mental health as much as we have and that yeah. that counseling is as normal as it is. Yes. 
And that excites me that I think yeah. we are raising up a generation of kids who that's more familiar. We're yes. more focused on social emotional learning skills in schools than we've ever been at any yes. time in history. And so there are a lot of things happening in ways where I think I'm super excited about that to see this generation. And, you know, sitting with parents 25 years ago versus sitting with parents now and how many parents I sit down and they're like, we're in counseling individually. We've been in marital counseling. We believe in counseling. We want to be here for him to have the experience, you know, and I yeah. think that's awesome. Like yeah. boys growing up with like, that's just always something I always did. Yeah, my, that's right. My parents parked me in that chair when I was eight years old. And so it's just <laughs> what you do. That's right. And, and back to, it's what the males in my family do, yeah. you know, that we see that. And, yeah. and so when you and I were talking a little bit earlier about these different amazing voices. I get so excited about how many grandparents I feel like are learning skills at this point yes. that are offering boys something different too. I yes. have conversations with boys all the time who'll say, my grandfather said when he was growing up, they never talked about feelings, but he had to learn to do that because my grandmother said, there's no way. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> You're going to live with me and not do it. And so I love right. that that even there, they're getting to have these neat conversations yes. with different men. yes. What do we not say about the book that you want to make sure we say? The workbook's available as well. The workbook is available as well. So targeted elementary age boys, 6 to 12. But as we discuss, it might work for an 18-year-old <laughs> or a 42-year-old. Use That's it right. for whatever mail it's That's useful right. with. That's right. Where can we get all those? All, wherever you buy books, right. it is available. So right. thankful for that and just super grateful you would let me come on and have this conversation oh, with yeah, you. I know you're already the mayor of Dadville, so I won't try to get you elected here, but I am thankful for you and your work and Sissy's work and the way y'all are. I, I mean, I, I told y'all this last time you were on the show, like I, you can't throw a rock in this town and miss a kid who is seeing y'all. I mean, it's just every kid sees y'all. It is just incredible. And some of the best teenagers I know came through y'all's offices and it's just amazing. It's been um, a gift to work in that space. Yeah. I'm so thankful for that place. Uh, yeah. And friend, I'm so thankful for you. I do not ever want to miss an opportunity to be in your company to just remind you, you are spreading so much joy and goodness in this world. Thanks. I'm so glad to know you. That's very kind. Thank really you. grateful for you. Um, well, the last question I always ask, I don't know, I've done it through tears many times, but here we go. The last question we always ask is because the show is called That Sounds Fun. Tell me what sounds fun to you. You know what I just did that was fun and I'm about to do again? So I have college-age kids, yeah. and which just means I'm an empty nester and they're yeah. all over the place. I don't get to see them as much. Yeah. And we have, all of us share a great love of music and live music yeah. and just took uh, one of my kids to see our dear friends, Drew and Ellie. Yes. Did you go to the Ryman show? Yes. Friday I or did. Saturday? I went Friday. Me too. You did? I wish I'd seen you there. Where were y'all? We were in section 12. We were down on the floor this time, seven, oh, section yes. seven. Yes. Can what you even believe we live in this town and we uh, get to experience things was like that? Unreal. It know. was unreal. People can watch. You can still buy tickets online, I think, and watch the live stream. And do, do. it. I bought Saturday's show because I didn't get to go back. <laughs> I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to do the exact same thing. Okay, what it was, was so amazing. What was your favorite part of the show? You know, I love the in the round in the beginning. I was like, only Drew Holcomb opens for his own show. Seriously. <laughs> Seriously. It was awesome. You know what else I loved? I love when he asked that question, like, how many of you are from out of town? And I looked around the room, 80% yes. of the people were there. Yes. I thought, I love that all these people traveled yes. from all over to be in this beautiful space and okay, so have this experience. Okay, so tell me about the moment when Drew, from your counseling point of view, and you're like raising emotionally strong boys point of view, Drew is about to sing a song and he says, sees a little boy in the audience and he says... Tell me your name. And the kid says his name. I don't remember. How old are you? I'm eight. And he says, where are you from? And he says, Denver. 
And Drew says, after I finish this song, if you'll meet me right here, I'll give you this guitar. And by gosh, he did. He said, if you'll learn to play it, I'll give you this guitar. Were you in tears uh, like I was? Yes. What? Tell me what happened right there for that little boy. <laughs> I know. I was thinking, Drew Holcomb. I love that Drew and Ellie Holcomb yes. so much. And yes. I think you're changing that little guy's life. There won't be a day that he does not remember when I got to walk up to the stage. At the Ryman Auditorium. Absolutely. Yes. And this man that I admire believed in me and saw that I could do this neat thing and I, I know I was weeping. I'm like, can I buy stock in that kid seriously, right now? Because you seriously. don't, you don't go off the rails for your whole life if you start like that at Absolutely. eight years old. If Drew Holcomb sees you when you're eight, I mean, I just was blown it was away. Beautiful. It was a great show. It was stunning. What's y'all's next one? So I'm gonna take all three of my kids to see our dear friends Dave Barnes and Lady A. Yes. In a couple of weeks here in Nashville. Yes, I'll be there too. Wait, I don't hardly miss her. If if it is anyone I care at all about, and the Ryman done. I know it's hard to miss. And if you're listening and you don't live in the city, like just find somebody you love and come to this great place. Yes. Eat ladybird tacos That's in the right. morning. That's right. Go to the Ryman at night. Yes. Like, there's so much good stuff oh, happening you just can't in our beat city. It. Drew played a couple of his songs because it was his 40th birthday. A couple of the songs they did a long instrumental interlude and the kind of and I mean it was we got there at eight and we left at 11:30 probably. It was the longest concert I've ever been to. Wasn't bored for a minute because I Not thought, man, I can listen to Drew Holcomb in the Ryman. For hours. Days. It was, un, it was unbelievable. It okay, was. so Drew, so Dave and Lady A are next for you. Yes. Oh, it's so it's so wait. fun. It's just so fun to have those experiences with my kids yes. as young adults now. Yes, that we share that love of great music. Yeah, that show's going to be great. That tour, I mean, I'm, a lot of our friends can see that anywhere. So if you can go find Lady A and Dave Barnes somewhere close to you, do it. Because that is going to be an incredible. And it's theaters. What a dream. These mega stars playing rooms that you can see them in is beyond. No. So, okay, I'll see you there then. I'll look for you there. I know, I'll look for you too. David Thomas, thank you, my friend. I'm grateful for you. Can't wait for people to read Raising Emotionally Strong Boys. So, thank, thank you. Thank you, friend. Oh, you guys, how much do you love him? Could we please, like, another hour, two hours, three hours? That's where there's the Raising Boys and Girls podcast. So, there is that option for you. But man, I love David Thomas. I could not love him much more. And he brought us delicious cookies, which was very kind. And not necessary, but made us happy here at the office. You guys, get your copy of Raising Emotionally Strong Boys. Be sure you're following David on social media so you can tell him thank you for being on the show. And we'd love for you to pass this on to your friends who are part of young men's lives, whether they are parents, coaches, teachers, or they have many BFFs in their life like me. I'm telling you, I learned so much. Share the show so that lots of our friends can hear and we can be a part of raising the next generation of men. I am here for that. If you need anything else from me, you know I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie F. Downs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the places you may need me. That's how you can find me. And I think that's it for me today, friends. Go out or stay home. Do something that sounds fun to you, and I will do the same. Today, what sounds fun to me is hanging out with some of those mini BFFs. I would like to be playing some soccer with some of my mini BFFs. That sounds really fun to me today. Y'all have a great week. We'll see you back here on Thursday with one of my absolute heroes, a brilliant man. Andy Crouch. We'll see y'all then. Yeah.